When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye Talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Back to your Tuesday Buckeye Talk, Doug, Nathan, Stephen. Listen, this was like the camp preview. Hey, everybody's getting started. What do you say? Uh, Quinn Ewers happened. So Quinn Ewers is happening. And also, since last time we spoke with you, because we had pre-recorded Market Down Monday, uh, Jaheim Singletary decommitted. So we have not yet talked about that. Uh, so that's two five stars that we need to talk about. And we're going to use those two things that are happening and have happened to guide us into a discussion about sort of what you're feeling about the Buckeyes as we get ready for fall camp. Again, on Tuesday, this is coming out Tuesday morning. On Tuesday, we're going to talk to the quarterbacks. Corey Dennis, the quarterbacks. That's the discussion on Tuesday. It's kind of like a pre-camp thing, and then Wednesday practice starts. We're going to be at practice watching stuff. We're watching, watching stretching on Wednesday. So we'll have a live emergency watching stretching podcast. No, we won't. We're going to stick mostly with Wednesday with mornings because, uh, you know, unless it's an emergency emergency, I think you guys like him in the mornings. It makes us less crazy to try to be cranking stuff out. Nobody else has given you podcasts five days a week like this. So we'll hit the mornings with the news of the day before, and you can read cleveland.com slash OSU uh, or cleveland.com slash Buckeye talk. Either are good. We're kind of transitioning people to cleveland.com slash Buckeye talk, but either work. Read that stuff for what's going on, right? Try the text for instant, 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 instantaneous reaction. You should get it. 614-350-3315. Numbers ticking up really seriously, like now. If you don't get it now, you're missing stuff. Because, yeah, it's on Twitter, but, like, you're following everybody on Twitter. Twitter's a mess. There's a lot of jackholes on Twitter. I'm not saying there's no jackholes on the text, but it's only me. There's a lot more jackholes in the world. You know, text, you're going two for three, and then I'm what I am. So honestly, for real, for real, you're going to miss stuff from us if you don't try the texts. 614-350-3315. Sometimes I beg you, like, on our behalf. Now I'm speaking to you on your behalf. You will like it. So try it. 14 day free trial, then four bucks a month. All right, let's get into this. I want to keep it on football related as much as we can. Nathan, I know you have a piece up that I haven't had a chance to read yet as we record this Monday afternoon that just went up about the NIL implications of this. Is every high school player in the world going to leave high school a year early so he can go be a millionaire? I would direct people to that. Maybe we'll get to that if we have time. But let's talk about the football side of it. Quinn Ewers is definitely coming, but Nathan, we don't yet know when he's going to be here. We assume it's not going to be Wednesday. So how does this affect, and I don't want to completely duplicate the emergency Quinn Ewers pod we did last week. 
I want to mostly talk about how anything that we, the facts that are new, has that changed anything about how we're thinking? So where are you now today, knowing that he is coming? We don't know exactly when we're going to assume it's soon, but it's not for the start of camp. So where are you in what Quinn Ewers does this year? It struck me earlier today that like, what's the one thing that Ryan Day has been consistently saying about this competition from the start? It's that from a mental standpoint, these guys have to all be focused on their job that day. Don't be looking over your shoulder. Don't be worried about what the other guy is doing. Don't get distracted by the, the, the spectacle that jerks like us are going to put on this. Worry about your job. Worry about getting better. You know, you guys are all like driving down the road at the exact same speed or the exact same, you know, you're at the same level. And then all of a sudden now you got this big cloud of dust coming in from Texas that is, I think, impossible to ignore and impossible to not potentially distract from that. Right. I mean, how do you if you're one of these other three quarterbacks, I don't know how you don't think about this. And then pretty soon that mullet's going to be in the team meeting and the quarterback room. And how does that throw? I mean, it, it, it is one of these things that inevitably it, it shifts things. And I know you put out a good text about like, don't believe a lot of what you're hearing right now, maybe even on either side of this, but it, it does shake things up. I mean, how else can you look at it? And it, it's going to be, you know, Ryan day already, I think with just three guys here, had a, a bit of a challenge on his hands, he and Corey Dennis, to manage what happens here in preseason camp. And now throwing this kind of sideshow on top of it adds a, a, a whole other element. No offense, but of course, like, I, but what did you do? What, but what's the result? Of course, like, of course. But I don't what know what then? the result is because I don't know how soon he's going to get here. Okay, so Stephen, we had done a video, and if you guys, I mean, I'm just going to start. It's season time. You guys have to be following us on every platform. I, I don't know what to tell you. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We put up an instantaneous video Monday afternoon where we did like five minutes on this. And Stephen, in that, you said, okay, assume he gets here the next 10 days, right? I, I think that's a fair assumption. I mean, you know, he's got to pack. Packing is a pain. Nobody likes to pack, right? You got to say goodbye to everybody, right? That's a pain. So you got to drive up. He's probably not driving. They can probably get someone to drive. He's got a million bucks in NIL waiting for him. So I don't think, I mean, he's probably got a private jet. Jeff Bezos is putting him in his moon rocket. He'll be here in 15 minutes. So I, I would put it, if we're saying he'll be here the next 10 days, I would put it on the short end of 10 right now, whatever it is with the class and the English class, he's got to finish. This is mostly from Pete Thamel reporting. You know, you got to get that worked out. There's a little NCAA bureaucracy. Nathan, just real quick, as we understand it, do we believe that he could be like maybe here ready to go and the NCAA won't let him get on the field yet? That is that possibly a sticking point to this in some way, do you think? I think that's always potentially a sticking point, uh, as we saw with Palea Gea Tote. I mean, now that's a, a – or Nea Tote, I think is how you pronounce it uh, – that's a different situation because it's a transfer, but yes, that's always a consideration. But also the NCAA has given up on doing its job. So I'm not sure that Mark Emmert's going to storm and be like, wait, I'm still relevant. This million dollar high school kid is coming to college a year early because we gave up on policing amateurism. Now we're going to stop him. I would, I'm assuming they'll figure it out. Let's say he's in by a week. Say he misses the first week of stuff, but there's limited full practices, right? They're in helmets. Then they're in shells. Then he won't even miss like Steven. He might not even miss a full practice. 
So how do you think, I just, I'll leave it open to you. What do you think it means now that we know it's happening? I mean, it means these are teenagers who are going to be looking over their shoulder, whether they're supposed to be or not, because he's not missing much. And so it becomes a situation with those guys. Can they keep him at bay while with him? It's how fast can he pick up on information and how fast can he play catch up? And if he's only missing, let's say, two practices, but it's helmets only practices. And by the time they really get into the swing of things and really start competing, he's got at least a small amount of knowledge of what he's doing out there, even if it's not to the level that you're comfortable starting him, then it gets interesting. Even if we never know about that, it's like, Oh, well, he picked up on this set of plays very quickly or, Oh, he moved through that two minute drill pretty quickly. That's not what we were expecting. That's the things that we probably won't know that, but that's the stuff that the coaching staff, Ryan day and Corey Denson are going to have to keep paying attention to is how quickly does he pick up on things and how quickly does he excel in those things in both the classroom and on the field? So Brian Stumpf, who's the guy who kind of like created Elite 11, he's a good follow on Twitter. Uh, he tweeted on Monday afternoon. Wait, what did I what did I do? I, I had it and then I lost the it. The Trevor Lawrence Matt Stafford thing. I have yeah. it up. If you Go ahead and read that. Go ahead and read that. Okay. On Quinn Ewer's expectations at Ohio State, remember it took Trevor Lawrence and Matthew Stafford, Stafford at Georgia, obviously, and Tre- Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, Two of the most gifted arms we've ever seen weeks into the season to win a starting job as true freshmen. And that was with a senior year of high school and enrolling early for spring ball, which is okay. I, yeah, we know that. That's you punching things. What did you punch? That's a no, lot. No, I just thump. put my computer back down. Sorry. Oh, that was, was I thought you loud. were. I thought that was an emphasis of like, I don't want a Matthew Stafford comparison, <laughs> which I would yeah. agree with if you were punching things over a Matthew Stafford comparison. Matthew Stafford's like 40, but go ahead. I don't. Okay. We know that. How many, we can't say that. Okay. We get it. Those guys are here for spring practice and Tua had to go through a whole season and wait his turn. That's fine. That's not the world. None of, that's not the world that Quinn Ewers is going to be living in. He is still held to their standard while also playing Texas high school football. So there, it, I understand it's a, a long shot to think that he's going to be the starting quarterback at some point, but you cannot rule that out, even if it is not until week six, seven, or eight of the season. None of us saying, here think. Why are you well, saying yeah. it's a long shot? You don't have to. You don't have to pretend okay, fine. that you agree with the idea. It's a long yeah, shot. I, I, Someone else can call it a long shot. You okay, don't have fine. To. The, fine. The point is, none of us here think he's going to be starting at Minnesota. That's not the argument we're trying to have here. We're having the argument: Can he start by the time they get to the Indiana game? So oh, here's Matthew the thing. Stafford played high school, Texas high school football, too. So and, 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 and congratulations on the 15 year old reference when it may as well be yeah. 4,000 years ago. It's like, well, uh, Les Horvath couldn't do it. It's like it, it, it's quarter, not relevant. Yeah. Quarterbacks are 10 times better today than they were even five years ago. Here's the other thing. I think the Trevor Lawrence example. Are you telling me Trevor Lawrence wouldn't have been ready to start earlier? They were being nice to the incumbent starter. That is not about Trevor Lawrence's readiness. That's about being nice to a guy who led you to the playoff the year before. Those comparisons, Brian Stump knows what's up. It is lower the expectation game, in my opinion. So I am restating that I think Quinn Ewers will be the starter at some point this year because it's not just about him. It's about what's ahead of him. And if C.J. Stroud opens the year and sets the world on fire, then OK, then maybe it's impossible. But I'm not so sure it's impossible even then. Right. Because if C.J. Stroud's too good now, all of a sudden, again, what's is Quinn Ewers going to be like, what am I going to actually unseat this guy? I think it behooves them 
for the future to get to Quinn Ewers now. I think it possibly behooves them for the playoff this year to get to Quinn Ewers now. And to me, it is a Herculean effort to keep Quinn Ewers off the field this year. I'm going to view it the same way as Luke Fickle and Urban Meyer in 2011. I think Luke Fickle could have won the national title in 2011. And they would have said, thank you for your service. We're hiring this other guy because the other guy is the other guy, no matter what the people in the moment do. So that's probably CJ Stroud is probably better as a quarterback prospect than Luke Fickle was as a head coach prospect in that moment, in that instance where Luke was in his career. Although Luke has proven himself to be probably one of the 20 best head coaches in college football. So that's what I think this is about. That like you're looking, I don't really understand what looking a gift horse in the mouth mean man the mouth means. What does it actually mean? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. That means There's, like don't ignore the obvious, right? Is that what it means? No. Never heard that no, what no. does it mean? It means it means uh don't when someone does you a good deed, don't nitpick it. Oh, for real? Yeah, because so like, basically- like there's something you can tell by looking at a horse's teeth about how healthy they are or something. I don't know. I wasn't I was I'm old, but I'm not now, that old. Don't say I don't know like you don't know about looking at horses' teeth. You're from a cornfield in Illinois. That's the extent I know. It's the extent I know. I did grow it, up in a bean field. Is that the country under the beans? <laughs> under the beans. Is that basically the country version of don't throw the baby out with the bathwater? No. No, I don't think. No. I, okay. Are we cutting a baby in half? I feel like we, we are lurching toward <laughs> a redo of the Royal Gynecologist. I think we're on that path. And the royal gynecologist has delivered an unexpected king. The reason you didn't have even know. These, sorry. Yeah, the reason we have all these adages and idioms is because they don't all mean the same thing. Why do we uh, assume that every phrase <laughs> just means the thing that we're thinking of? I don't know. Does that? Yeah. Know. Okay. That's the same so thing. Is is there, it's isn't the that the same is thing as when they say baby. there's more than one way to skin a cat? Who's the cat in this circumstance? So here's the thing. I just think it's obvious that he's great. He's here for a reason. I don't think, Ooh, and he's here for a million dollars. He's that's here for a million dollars. Okay. Yeah. But, but here's my question again. If you don't think he's going to play this year, do you think he's only going to play two years of college football? Yes. Okay. Why is that better? Well, for I mean, he'll, he'll play two oh, years. I know. I know. Yes. Yes. So he's cutting a year off for playbook study. Cause we thought if he came next year, he had a chance to play right away, right? We would have thought that, right? If he came on schedule, if he came in the spring and he was on a 22-23-24 timeline, those are his three years he has to be in college, we would have thought he had a very good chance to play at least some in his freshman year. Would we have agreed? Is that a true statement? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So in the name of a million dollars and in the name for Ohio state of like getting, cause then if he doesn't play at all now, like his, his second year, it's like, well, he's never played. I don't know. I hope he's good. It's like, well, he's been here a year. He learned a lot of stuff, but he's never, I mean, never played or got a little couple backup minutes for, for a million dollars. I mean, this is a guy, Patrick Mahomes is saying like, see you in the league, brother. I mean, again, this is like, we can't pretend this guy's not rare for a million dollars and like getting him the playbook early, like both sides are just punting a year of college football. They're just giving up on it. Like, it's just like, well, I got to get the million dollars and we got to get him in here so that he can breathe down the neck of the other three guys here and freak them out for a whole year 
but that's better for everybody. And they're just, it's just, he's not going to play. That's just, that makes sense. I think. Yeah. Okay. A number of things. Number one, for all intents and purposes, he was already breathing down their necks. It's been the unspoken thing this whole time that no matter what happens this fall, CJ Stroud goes out and leads them to the playoffs or Kyle McCord does, and they end up getting Heisman uh, votes. But you don't think that's a huge difference, but you don't think that's a huge difference to have them, him on campus. Yeah. I do think it's a huge difference, but that's the, the other point here is that he's not here for football reasons. He's here for money reasons. He's here and it's not money. It's wealth. He's coming here because a million dollars when you're 18 and you put it because he doesn't need that money, as they've said, but it means you put it in the bank for 30, 40 years and it's now 10 or $15 million. That's what we're talking about here. He's not giving up a million dollars. He's giving up multi-millions of dollars. And it's, it's not just, it's not the video game influencing money here. We're talking about major money. If they're true on those, on, on their, um, estimates of what they could earn from this if they're accurate about that yeah and when he's in the nfl he's gonna make 40 million dollars a year so here's the other thing so so let me so let maybe, me ask maybe okay come on let's be honest like it's, it, that this is what the reason why we why they wanted in a nil reform in the first place was because Agreed. when players had this opportunity they had to take advantage of it because it might not be there in the future but listen he's gonna make a million dollars a year in college no matter what for three right. years, he's going to make three right. million dollars a year of NIL. Correct. He can either make it in 21, 22 and 23, or he can make it in 22, 23 and 24. Right. And frankly, once they get this stuff figured out, he might make more later. So right. you have a window for money making in college regardless. Uh-huh. So they just want to start that timetable. Right. Yes, because it also starts your NFL timetable a year earlier. So but you're going to punt in the name of that. You're punting playing. You yeah, think he he's hunting playing college football this year anyway, if he stayed in high school. Right. But his timeline, he would have had three years to make the NIL stuff. And then he would have been on a timeline. He still that- has three years to make the NIL stuff and a year earlier to start his NFL career. He gets to his second NFL contract earlier, gets to his third NFL contract earlier. From a financial standpoint, there is no question this is better for the viewer's family. I don't why- know how you could possibly argue against that. But why are we assuming that he also doesn't, actually want to play football this year i understand the reasoning for it is money based but to just think that oh i'm good just making a million dollars i'll see you next year is this not a no he's gonna get out there and start competing and try to win the job so i'm i see a point you're making nathan i think you're making a good point that you start the clock on money making in both ways right which is the bottom line you start uh, you get an extra million you get a million a year early and then you get your nfl contract a year early let me ask you about it from an Ohio State perspective, though, because Quinn Ewers doesn't get to decide when he plays. Ryan Day does. Right. While I think I have said, I think there's a chance for this to be cleaner, right? That that he doesn't end up having to take the job from an incumbent. He just takes it now. In terms of like the battle in the room and in terms of like the level of play from the other three guys, do you think this is good for them or bad for them? Like, would Kyle, Kyle McCord and C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller have been better football players this year if, Jack, if Quinn Ewers was in high school, or would they be better football players now with him in the room, or does it not matter? Uh, that's a good question. I guess from a psychological standpoint, um, and I don't know these guys inside and out, but I could totally see it being a bad thing for Ohio State. Here's my general view on looking over your shoulder. If there is a guy that is casts such a shadow 
that he makes everybody look over their shoulder constantly, you may as well move him in front of them and just do it. Because at some point, you're not getting the benefit. The guy is looming, but you're not getting any benefit from him because he's not playing. But you're possibly like negatively affecting the people who are like, oh, what did Quinn do in practice today? What did Quinn do in practice today? And I just think it's a rare circumstance. And the idea that he would loom, <laughs> that he would loom for 15 games. Well, and they would just be like, well, well, yeah, well, well. Like is strange to me. Now, if it's if he's terrible in practice and it's like, oh, this guy is clearly not ready. He doesn't understand anything. And everybody sees it. Right. And everybody's like, well, that guy's not ready. That guy's like clearly the fourth best quarterback on this team right now. There is no looming. Then, okay. I don't think that will be the case. That's not my assumption just because he should be in high school. And by the way. He's only half a year younger than Kyle McCord. His birthday's in March. He's already 18. I don't know what it is. He's he's a right. If your birthday's in March and you're already 18, you should be going to college. Right? If you're on a whatever. Maybe he didn't start. I don't know if he had a year where he got held back. I mean, sometimes you just don't start, right? Whatever. Age-wise, he's ready. He's half a year younger than Kyle McCord's birthday's in uh, September, I think. So like he's 18. He's not like so physically whatever. Mature-wise, right? That matters sometimes. So I just I don't think he's going to be so awful in practice that people are going to be like, oh, there's not even a question. And if he's good in practice, how do you not play him is my thing. Go ahead, Steve. I mean, I was going to agree. Yeah, there's literally nothing worse for an athlete in any sport than feeling like at any moment you could lose your job with one mistake. And if Quinn Ewers, all all it's going to take is one good play by Quinn Ewers to even start even any type of doubt in your mind. It doesn't even have to be a full practice. It's just one little thing that maybe validates, man, he actually is that freaking good. What if he keeps, what if he, and now it's, what if he stacks those? What if he keeps stacking days, stack and throw, stack and throw, stack and throw. And meanwhile, you're more focused on that than you are focused on your own ability, which is why as much as it is coach talk that Ryan Day is saying, you need to focus on yourself and not look over your shoulder. Some of that is true. Some of it is coach talk, but the true part of it is the moment you start doing that is the moment Quinn starts stealing your job. But, the, but to some extent, that was going to already be a dynamic of the quarterback room this year anyway. I completely disagree with that because yeah, they were going to be here balling out. I'm mm-hmm. going to prove that I don't care who's coming. No, 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 no. This no, job no, no, no. is mine. Not I'm, t- I'm not talking about in relation to yours. I'm talking, talking about, about if the crowd wins this job going into the year. Yeah, he's he has to, you know, Tom McCord is still going to keep practicing. But why? I don't, I don't agree with that because it's 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 different because there was already a perceived hierarchy of where they stood. And that's a lot different when you're battling from the mo- from basically from start to finish instead of just throwing a random guy in halfway through the battle who might be better than all three of you. Uh, I also hierarchy on opening day too, regardless of whether but you, you, when you job. talk about yours, Nathan, you talk about him just like he's another good recruit. I just think he's different. The way he's rated he's different is different too, but I think the way so you guys why, talk about McCord and Stroud is that they're just another recruit. And I don't think that's true. That's fair. But the idea that like, well, they were going to have a competition anyway. I don't think it is it like a competition without Quinn Ewers and a competition with a, a backup quarterback. Who's who's, the number one recruit in the country who's making a million dollars a year, who came here early from Texas, who works out with Patrick Mahomes, like him being in the competition is not, is not at all the same to me of CJ Stroud, Kyle McCord, Jack Miller going out trying to see who's the best guy. 
Like, I just don't think that's at all the same. You think that's fairly similar, that it's just a four man battle instead of a three man battle? No, I'm just saying that the the dynamic, the dynamic that Stephen is describing was going to exist in some way, regardless. But it exists. I I, I do. I do. I do concede that yours is presence change things. I said that at the very beginning. But I think the other thing we've got to remember here is, too, how much time have we spent talking about like Ryan Day, the quarterback whisper, Ryan Day, the quarterback developer. And now you've got three guys, two guys who've been in this program for 20 months now. And another guy in Common Core who's been here since the spring and spent the whole summer with his teammates on campus working out doing college football things. And then now all of a sudden we're almost like dismissing Ryan Day's influence in developing any of those guys and taking a guy who's about to go into his high his senior year of high school. That's the other thing. Like you keep, we keep making this, this analogy between yours and Lawrence and say, you say, uh, don't you think Lawrence would have started earlier? Maybe would he have started a year earlier? Like that's what you're asking. That's what we're talking about. You say that you think he's special. You don't talk like you talk. You give every example that's like, well, recruits need well, experience. Just answer that question, though. Is he more special than Trevor Lawrence was? And Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence could have started, started ahead of Kelly. Oh, no, no, yes. No. Kelly, the, the, way he gets, hold on, the way he gets talked about, yes, that's what they say. He is a better prospect than Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck and Matt Stafford and on down the list. He is literally the highest rated quarterback ever. Yes, so let me ask he you, is. So let, okay, so then let me ask you this. If all of that is true, take NIL off the floor. Let's say NIL didn't happen this summer. Mm-hmm. So the NIL motivation is not there. Mm-hmm. Then why wasn't Quinn Ewers coming here anyway? Because that's he how it's supposed to work. Yeah, he didn't have why? to. He could, he could play for – he could start for Ohio State this fall, right? But why it, would if, he just be here this fall? He has nothing what's to gain by of another him? year in high school. Because that's right. not how it's supposed to work. You're, you're, what does that you're, mean? He Listen, wouldn't have a benefit either way. All so right, Steven, Steven, lower the level. Players, lower players the level. Reconsider, players re- reclassify all the time. Quarterbacks don't reclassify all the time. This happened multiple times in just the last few years. Who? Who? JT Daniels did it. The kid at South Carolina did it because his dad was at Auburn and went to South Carolina. That's two right off the top of my head, and I don't think they're the only two that that has happened with. So listen, I think they had a plan. The plan, you you kind of stick to the normal plan. Once the normal plan becomes not normal, I think you live in the moment. And so the idea to me, like he's here, you say all this work that Ryan Day has put in with the other quarterbacks. I agree with that, of course. Yes, that matters. But also, don't you think like Ryan Day can't wait to get his hands on this guy? And don't you think think that, that like once he gets here, that, and he gets taught like this, he has a great foundation and he'll probably pick it up kind of quickly and that he'll be ready. He'll be building, 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 and he'll like learn the playbook and he'll start making throws in practice. And like, he'll start wowing people because he has great natural gifts and he's a rare talent and they'll take advantage of that. That's all I'm saying. Like, listen, the idea of like, well, why didn't they do it then anyway? It's like, cause it's just, it's not how he's done. But it is done occasionally. It has been done. And if Ryan Day thought he was this level of prospect who was ready right now to win games, why wouldn't he have done it already? What benefit? Okay, that, this is where the NIL benefit comes into play. There was no benefit from him staying in high school or enrolling early without NIL coming into the picture. Sure, there was. But now if he's ready to be Ohio State's quarterback already. There's absolutely benefit for him enrolling early, regardless of NIL. I think it's a. I think it's a. I think it's the wrong way to look at the argument. You're like, if he's so great, why wasn't he here to begin with? Because that's still very unusual. 
So it, it, I don't know that it would be like Ryan Day. Ryan Day has these good quarterbacks that he believes in. And it's you recruit the next guy and the next guy, right? And so, but now that it has happened, it's happened. So like whether if he, without IL, what would have happened? He's here. So he's here and he's really good. And he's only going to be here for three years. And so you are hanging your argument on, well, if he's so good, why didn't he come anyway? It's like, well, I don't know why he didn't come anyway, but he came now. No, it's, so it's just one angle think, of the argument. Yeah. You it's think one angle of my perspective that makes me think like if, if this was, if he could have been here all and it was better than all three of them already by, by clearly, then why wouldn't they put this in motion? And maybe they did. Maybe that's what's actually happening here. You can put that in the, the conspiracy theory bank, I suppose. I'm just saying my argument all along has been the timing of this from my perspective, would make it almost impossible for him to be the starting quarterback to start the year. And then if you go out and have a quarterback, we already said, we're not, that's not the conversation we're having anymore. Fine, But then if a quarter, I'm just, but I'm also saying that if a quarterback then is going out and excelling and has shown themselves to be out in front by that much, I'm skeptical that they pull the plug on that this season. Define well, excelling. Because, but, but because, because, but because why? Because you think it would be bad for the team to replace like it would be bad for team morale to replace a, a winning quarterback in the middle of the year because you think record. it would lower Ohio State's chances of winning this year by doing it because you just think it will prove that yours is just not at that level. Listen, and let's just pretend it's CJ. CJ's playing so well. Yours is not better than him. Maybe he'll be better than him yeah. next year, but he's just not better than him now. There's no question about that. CJ's playing the whole year. Is that the main thrust of your argument? It's on the table for me that either Stroud or McCord or possibly both, and I don't know about Miller, maybe, would be better football quarterbacks than yours for this team this fall. Okay. That, that's a what's, possibility for me. But now, what, and so, but what's the other possibility of why you think they would continue to play the starter if he's not a better football player? Well, what's the I other part of it? There's also been a false equivalency here a little bit in the, the Lawrence Kelly Bryant comparison because Bryant really wasn't that great. Like Clemson was winning, but Bryant wasn't going out and doing like amazing things as a quarterback. I think it's possible that there is a level between Bryant and uh, CJ Stroud or uh, um, Quinn Ewers' ceiling that Stroud and McCord, whoever wins this job, could play at. And that is a difficult, that would be harder to walk away from than what Bryant was doing. But so, so now, now that's the question define excelling. Well, being very good. I, we don't need to define I excelling. I don't being know. Very I, good I think it does. Because, very I mean, if you're under, if he's just, if they're winning games, I don't know if that's, a, that's good enough to keep your job. Just we like know it what it means. No if he's the best quarterback, if CJ Stroud is the best quarterback in the country, then they're not going to bench for Quinn Ewers. If CJ Stroud looks like he's going to win the Heisman, he's not going to get benched. We know what it looks like. Like, like he's good. He's throwing, you know, he threw for 260 yards and three touchdowns and one interception, but he missed a couple throws, whatever. We know what it looks like. Well, that opens the door to this. So, but when you talk about their ceilings, Nathan, that's future talk, right? So you're talking about like- I talked what, about you as a ceiling. You talked about like McCord and Stroud and what they could be. You mean this year, what they could be, right? Yes. I think they because, could be better than yours as quarterbacks this year for Ohio State. Right, which is that's, that's the thing that would keep yours off the field, right? right? But that's the only thing. I said is like, is there anything else? Okay, like- they're just well, I, better I than him. What, what else does there need to be if that's the case? 
No, but so so then that's what you're banking on. So you're banking your argument on. I just think with the experience that these guys have in the system and the fact that Quinn Ewers is supposed to be in high school, that whoever wins the starting quarterback job for Ohio State in week one, because we all agree it's not going to be Ewers, whoever wins that job will play at a level that just makes it clear he's just a better quarterback than Quinn Ewers this year. And that's it. That's the only discussion. And Quinn knows it and the quarterbacks know it and Ryan Day knows it and he gives them the best chance to win and he is the better quarterback and experience and time in the system has a lot to do with that, right? That's and more that's, to the point. Yeah, and more to the point going back to our earlier discussion, I don't think the viewers or his family is that concerned about that from everything we're hearing that this wasn't what motivated. They weren't motivated to come here and start playing at Ohio state this fall. But I'm, so what I'm asking is from the high, from the Ohio state perspective, like to me, that quarterback has to be really, really good. Or yours just has to, it really just has to take a long time. Not that it's an indictment of Quinn. It just, he just doesn't, he's just not going to get it for a while. It's just going to take him six months to get it right. That that's the, that's the scenario that you're painting because to me, that starting quarterback has to be old, almost a Heisman candidate for me to be sure that by December, Quinn Ewers doesn't give me a better chance to win a national title. Based I, again, on who he is. Like if he's I, I ready, he's ready. I, if he's ready, we don't know that yet. We haven't, And I think that's an important thing to remember. You're like, I'm not, it, somehow this gets distorted into me, like doubting the ceiling of Quinn Ewers. What I'm doubting is how ready he is after maybe three weeks of practice in a year where he's supposed to be a senior in high school to come in and quarterback a team that has national championship aspirations. And again, I now you're, you're losing your argument because you just said three weeks of practice. Nobody's saying three weeks of practice. We're saying by the middle of the year. We're saying at some point this year now, nobody is. Disp- I don't know that nobody thinks he's going to be the starting quarterback against Minnesota. If he's not ridiculous here, to think, right. <laughs> we don't, that's not what we're arguing, but now that he's got another month, he's got this part of camp. Then he's got another month. He's learning. He's doing extra. He's another staying after like eight practices. Okay. All right. I'm not having fun anymore. Uh, maybe you're, you're very possibly right. This to me is Nathan Baird doesn't like stars lights experience. Like, I think you bank on experience too much and you don't leave the window open quarterback. I know CJ Stroud was a near five-star quarterback. Okay. These guys had national um, one national competition. I agree. I agree. And they're not in the same conversation with Quinn Ewers when we're talking about that subject. And they've never played college football. That's so, the point. There. So like that, that like, yes, I know they have, is- you think that that is more of a detriment to them than it is to yours. You think the difference between them as football players is that huge. The difference between who is football players between yours and Stroud and, and McCord. I'm saying that Quinn Ewers is clearly behind them in understanding college playing college quarterback. Obviously he's clearly behind them. I think if they had been an actual starting quarterback for a year, he'd be more behind them. So yes, they're in the playbook. Yes. They've been studying stuff. Yes. They had spring football, but none of them have ever played when it matters, right? None of them have ever thrown a pass. So I think that shrinks the gap. That's all games matter, right? So they have an edge in practice experience and then time in the playbook, but nobody's ever played. Now, whoever wins the starting job is going to start getting that experience. But then as, as he's getting that experience, yours is also going to be catching up in terms of what he knows about the playbook and what he knows about 
college defenses. So that's all like, that's like to me, like you're saying they're not as they're more talented than Kelly Bryant. I agree. Kelly Bryant had also led his team to the nat to the number one seed in the playoff the year before. And had started a whole season and that you owed them something a little bit. Right. I mean, like you, he, like Kelly Bryant had done something for you, which I think factored into why Dabo didn't pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. True. None of these guys have won anything for Ohio state. So I think, I think the loyalty factor from Ryan day, like I think it's much less involved in the idea of like, would they be reluctant to take the job away after six games from the starter? It's like, well, the starter's never been the starter before the starter had to win it in camp. And Quinn Ewers was here and wasn't quite ready to compete in camp. And now he's ready to compete. And now he's better than you. So that's, that's all. I think the experience matters, but again, if he's not better than them, they're not going to play him, but also we all think, do we all think Quinn Ewers is going to be the starting quarterback next year? Do we all think that? Like, to, I mean, we don't know. I for think sure. so, but I think that's yes. I think that's a big deal to get on a whole year in a system. I think the year that C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller spent here prepared them to be quarterbacks for Ohio State this fall better than the year that Quinn Ewers spent in Texas. The jacked up pandemic year, also. Not yeah, that year. too, but for both of them, yeah. So I do think. Um, because I do think there's at least some slight inherent stuff for 2022 for Quinn to take the job. Now, I think it makes it easier for 2022. You don't have a quarterback competition again, going into 2022, all of a sudden the experience that you're talking about, Quinn starts to get it right. So I'm not saying punt. I'm not saying punt 2021, but I'm saying, I think it is better for the future of Ohio state football for Quinn Ewers to take the job as soon as he's ready. I also think it's very, very possible that he will be ready this year. And I also think his ceiling is probably higher than anybody else on the roster. It's just a matter of when can Quinn get to it. So all those things at play, then the only way Quinn is not the starter at some point this year in my mind is because there's just, it's so obvious, which is a combination of the starter is playing really well. And Quinn is just, it's just, he's a high school kid, man. What are you doing, Doug? My God, you're put, you're nuts like that. Both those things have to be at play to me. And I'm just skeptical of, of both those being the case. I guess just in your minds, what percentage, this may be, I just trying to quantify this. What percentage of Justin Fields's first year performance for Ohio State would Stroud or Miller have to be at for day not to pull the trigger and go to Stroud? Do you see what I'm asking? Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's actually a good way to. Because 75? Ranked in the yeah, 75, 75 80. Hmm. And I you don't think you, you don't you don't go into the season with kind of the baseline expectation that Stroud or Miller could be 75 percent of Justin Fields. So Justin Fields, I mean, I mean, Justin Fields was a supreme athlete who could run to escape issues when he had them. Mm-hmm. He was unbelievably accurate, unbelievably mind blowingly accurate. Agreed. Who could also get you out of trouble when stuff went wrong and just was absolutely poised in the moment. And so here, and here it goes back again. This is like, so we're sandwiching these three guys who were in the discussion between Justin Fields, number two recruit in all of America and Quinn Ewers, number one recruit in all of America and asking, well, can't they be, uh, how close to those guys they have to be. And it's like, I don't know how that close any of them are going to be because I think both Justin Fields and Quinn Ewers are bonkers nutso when it comes to talent. 
right? And no offense to the other guys, but I just don't know that they're quite at the same level in bonkers, nutso skill. And the whole package, Justin has got every bit of it. So to be like, oh, well, why couldn't they be whatever? You know, it's like, man, that's like, that's a pretty hard bar. Now, now I'm, they're absolutely capable of low. 75% sounds low then though. That low, what do you mean by low? That like the, the, the idea of like only having to be at 75% of Justin Fields to hold him off. That sounds like a low. So you think percentage. maybe they'd have to be at 90% attainable. of Justin Fields. Yeah, I think so. Because if he because to the point of you got to get Quinn out there as soon as he's ready, because his ceiling is so much higher, he might only need to be 75% of what Justin Fields was in 2019 to be ready because you know he'll get to 100 that next 25% pretty quickly while the other people might get stuck at 90. And to, just to clear something else up that, that Doug you asked me earlier like I don't really worry about like the morale of the locker room and all of that stuff cuz I I have been the one from the beginning who has kind of defended the ruthlessness of of Ryan Day above all else and said like listen you pick who the the very best quarterback is on a week by week basis and that's who quarterbacks your team because you're trying to win a national championship. And maybe that's foolish, but I, I think I agree with the way that he's gone about this. So I don't have a problem with starting C.J. Stroud as soon as he proves he is the – or I'm sorry, starting Quinn Ewers as soon as he proves he's the one that should start. I'm just more skeptical than you guys are that he gets there this season, partially because I have respect for the guys who he's competing against. And the thing that I would caution people is they're all going to say he's not there until like the day they announce he's the starting quarterback. Yes. So like, it's going to be like, Oh no, it's like, cause we're going to be asking constantly. Right. And, and I do think it's a little bit of the get over the top stuff that like, when it comes down to it, like in January, in January, in January, in January, who has a better chance against Georgia's defense in January. Well, and I was just thinking this thought just popped on my head. Like it's uh, maybe he hasn't had the job all year, but it's halftime of the big 10 championship game. Mm -hmm. And you're going in the locker room and you're down 17 to 10 against Wisconsin or Iowa or Northwestern. Who's your quarterback to start the second half? He keeps saying it too. He keeps going just because you don't have the job right now on day one. Doesn't mean you can't win the job later. And some of that is coach talk, but I kind of believe it to that point that at any moment he will snatch you off that field and put the guy who might be better than you on it. Even before the Quinn Ewer situation, that was kind of on the table with Kyle McCord. And now it's really on the table with Quinn Ewers. And like the, we like to, everyone likes to talk about the Tua Jalen Hurts example. Like Jalen Hurts wasn't getting it done in that first half, mm-hmm. right? Like Saban had to do something to shake it up, but I guess I would say, like, if you think if you're Ryan Day and if you like think it's possible that you would put Quinn Ewers in at halftime of the Big Ten championship game, I would put him in in week six. <laughs> like, like, let's not pretend that replacing your starting quarterback with the freshman in the national championship yeah. game is the best way to do this. Right. Like, I, I, I don't know right. that I that's the left. goal. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think left really quickly. Yeah, I think sometimes things Alabama does are the exception to the rule, not the one you should follow. So and and I think I would say here, it's like I I think this would be the exception to the rule. Right. I think I'm just I'm not saying that this is I'm not saying this is ideal. I'm not saying this is perfect. I'm saying it's happening and I'm going to treat Quinn Ewers as an exception 
in a way that, and, and, and I'm, I think we just put it on t-shirt. Like I'm happy to be wrong and I am often very wrong, but I'm just not thinking of Quinn Ewers the same way I'm thinking of the other three guys. And that is not about the other three guys. It is a belief that this guy's just that next step of different. And so like anything is possible, but like also not only is anything possible, like I'm sort of going to assume that like the miraculous will happen and that a high school senior will be Ohio state starting quarterback in the middle of the year. So, all right. Is there anything else on this? We got to get the Jaheim Singletary a little bit and I got to go do a thing like anything else on Quinn that we need to cover. We're only going to be talking about him every day for the next three years. Speaking of five stars making program changing decisions. Yeah. So I don't even know if we're going to get a chance to do state of the program. We might have to do that in the next thing. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about the decommitment of Jaheim Singletary next on Buckeye talk. Doug, Nathan, Steven, I will say one of the things, do the text, 614-350-3315. Just do it. One of the things that I'm a little surprised about is, and this again is like, now I'm agreeing with Nathan. People, Steven, seem very interested in like what Quinn Ewers reclassifying does for like the 2021 recruiting class and does for the 2022 recruiting class. And that to me is like a little bit silly because it's like, well, he got here. Like what, why do you care what, cause it's about getting, like, I believe in that, like individually highly ranked recruits getting to your program matters a lot. Cause I want the guy who's higher ranked because there's a better chance that he's going to be really good. Whether it like hurts Ohio, like, Oh, is it going to hurt Ohio state's 2022 recruiting? class? like, what are you talking about? Who cares? We'll acknowledge it. Like when they finish fourth in 2022, we'll be like, well, you know, Quinn Ewers, whatever. But like, because it, it's that's not actually the end game, Stephen. Right? The, the name of the game is not get the highest ranked recruiting class, but we are getting some questions about that, right? So let's cover that very quickly about Quinn Ewers and the reclassification. What did it do for the 2021 class he's now part of, and what does it mean for 2022? So let's start with 2021. They're still second behind Alabama, but the gap between them and Alabama closed a little bit. Now it's about six points or so, and they have seven five stars in it now adding Quinn Ewers to that, which is tied with Alabama. It's him, Jack Sawyer, JTT, Emeka Abuka, who are four of the top 10 players in the country, headlined by Ewers being the number one player. He took that spot over from USC's defensive lineman, Corey Foreman, and then you add in Donovan Jackson, Travion Henderson, and Kyle McCord. Those are the seven five stars. All but three guys are top 200 guys, and that's, you know, a, a, one of which is the punter, Jesse Mirko. So it's all but two actual, like, skill position guys who are, you know, top 200 recruits. And so they're still the number two class in the country. It just closes the gap a little bit. It's one of the five highest-rated classes of all time, along with Florida, Bama's 2021 20, class and 2017 class, and then Georgia's 20, 2018 classes. So not much there, right? It, the real in, in, interesting thing is the 2022 class. And not all of that is because you lost Quinn Ewers. It's also because you've lost three people in 10 days and four people from the class since April. You lost Asam McCullough to Indiana. You lost Benji Gosnell last week. Then you lost Jaheim Singletary 24 hours ago, 48 hours by the time you guys hear this. And then Quentin Ewers reclassifies. That's more of the issue. You lost Jaheim, Desan, and Benji Gosnell than it is that your quarterback decided he wanted to get here six months earlier than expected. All right, no offense. Let's not pretend that Benji Gosnell is on the same level of Desan and Jaheim. No. But losing Desan McCullough and Jaheim Singletary for this defense, 
two top 100 players. Jaheim Singletary is top 20 player from Florida. Jacksonville guy, just like Sean Wade was. They're going to lose him to a school in the South. What, what should this tell Ohio State fans, Stephen? Should this make Ohio State fans nervous about anything big picture or long term? No. No. I think this is – Jaheim Singletary should not have committed to Ohio State when he committed to Ohio State. It's just that simple. But they've moved very fast with their defensive back recruiting in this class, and it's a little – I don't know if it's good or bad. Clearly, it's bad with Jaheim Singletary, but this is how this played out. He came out with like a top five, top six or something in November. Two weeks later, he had an Ohio State offer as a five-star cornerback who probably should have had an offer way before that because, you know, but Kerry Combs had just got here. So he earns an offer two weeks later. He, two weeks later, updates that top five, puts Ohio State in it, and it comes out with a commitment day for January 2nd. And all momentum all of a sudden starts shifting towards Ohio State. And then on January 2nd, he commits to Ohio State. But even with that commitment, it was like, Really? After two months, you're committed here? I don't know about that one. I don't know if that one's going to stick because it seems very rushed. And so the whole time throughout the last nine months here, it's always seemed like this was inevitable that one day he was going to decommit or that in a world where they're trying to bring in seven defensive backs, somebody was going to decommit because you moved a little fast with Ryan Turner, Terrence Brooks, Kai Stokes, and this guy and how you went about getting those guys into the class. Did we talk on the podcast that we thought he was going to decommit? This is news to me, the idea that we should have been assuming, ah, he's probably going to decommit. I didn't know that. We put him, we had him in the starting lineup for the 2023 National Championship team. The, the idea, yeah, in the past, we have talked about the idea that some one of these defensive backs might leave. It wasn't necessarily him, but the idea of you got guys very fast and might, might not be able to keep all these guys. It sounds like you're making excuses for him. I'm, I, like, we can't, this is a big deal, right? They lost a five-star cornerback. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. I'm not yeah, saying it's, it's not a big deal. I'm just giving the context of how we got to this point. Okay. I think if, if this had been um, – uh, if, if Zach Rice had committed to Ohio State previously and decommitted over the weekend, I think people would be losing their minds about Greg Stoudrawa right now. Which is fair because – but, yeah. like, the, the depth of your recruiting matters, right? And they have been mm-hmm. filling in with a lot of dudes around it. But this seems kind of bad. This seems kind of bad. And again, we'll see. I mean, like, again, sometimes the decommitments you can tell it's like it's a decommitment where Ohio State's like fine or it's actually it's an Ohio State led decommitment. They just stopped talking to the kid. And the kid was like, what? And then he leaves like this is not that I don't think. Right. I don't know that Ohio State was like, ah, no big deal. Um, so it hurts. I was curious how it might affect how people view the recruiting. And I want to get to the Quinn Ewers answer, too. I texted out, in light of Jaheim Singletary's decommitment, how do you feel about Ohio State's overall recruiting? Five is awesome. Four, very good. Three, good. Two, okay. One, worried. Nathan, what do you think one? Probably on the eve of this news, I would say four. Steven? Yeah, I might agree with that four. 54% four, very good. 22% awesome. So that's still 76% uh, in the top two answers. 24% otherwise, it's uh, 13%, or excuse me, 14% good, 6% okay, 4% worried. I think the reason that you would be worried is if you are reading this decommitment as like the first, as somehow connected to the two things that are happening in college football right now, which is a realignment of the SEC and NIL. And so this kid is supposedly in the mix for Miami and Georgia mm-hmm. now. So if he winds up at Georgia and the kid says, you know what, 
Once Oklahoma and Texas joined the SEC, I was kind of like, man, what am I doing? I got to play in the SEC. Then it's like, ooh, that could be a thing. And if he winds up at Miami and he's like, man, Miami's NIL is through the roof. You know, Ohio State's giving a million bucks to a quarterback. I'm going to make like I'm going to be on South Beach with a condo the way Miami's going to blow up NIL. And then you might be like for Florida recruiting might be like, hmm, hmm. So until either of those things happen and Jaheim Singletary like says that, I wouldn't be worried. I mean, it's like I get people again. We ask the question in reaction to the thing. But those are the things, those are the underlying things, Nathan, that we have been talking about. And I think we have mostly said we think Ohio State's Ohio State. Clearly, it has some effect and the effect is on recruiting. But we think Ohio State will be fine for the most part. Maybe there's a kid or two in the South. Maybe there's a kid or two that, you know, if you lose one kid extra to the SEC, if you lose one kid extra because of NIL, I don't know. Yes, it has an impact, but I don't think Ohio State's going to stop being Ohio State. But that's where the worry would come in. And I don't know that we know, Nathan, like at the moment, how that fits. No, I don't. And just, just for point of order, though, um, Ohio State is not responsible for the million dollars that Quinn Ewers is about to make from NIL. Quinn Ewers is mm-hmm. like his 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 status as a unicorn here a little bit, like a, a unique, you know, the number one prospect in the country, perfect re- quarterback rating and coming out of or, sorry, perfect recruit ranking and coming out of the most high school mad state in the country is why he has that potential. Well, not he's making his money in Texas. It's the people yeah. in Texas who want to pay Correct. him money, not people in Columbus. Correct. So point and it's, why it's, point and it's yeah. why it doesn't to me affiliate with like the Bryce Young situation. You know, Nick Saban came out. I know we already Bryce talked about that, but talk about Singletary. What do you think? Do, uh, do you, are you curious to see how Singletary when he commits talks about what influenced him? Or do you think it's no big deal? Guys commit. What are you going to do? He was from far away. Ohio State will get somebody else. I think I think what you bring up is is definitely something to monitor. I think either of those scenarios, yeah, something to monitor for Ohio State. But at the at the moment, my assumption is this happens to Ohio State sometimes. Sometimes it happens for Ohio State. Guys commit early, decommit. It, it, but it isn't good for your class because it obviously the, there's somebody else. Maybe they could have pursued for this class that they didn't when they got Singletary's commitment. I think it gets interesting watching the other remaining Ohio State target, targets, especially on the defensive line, since they don't have any yet, who are living in SEC country. For all intents and purposes, you know, Texas and the Florida and what they do as well. You know, what are the decisions they make and why they make those decisions? Guys like Amari Abor and, you know, Kenyatta Jackson, those guys are from Texas and from Florida. What do they decide to do and why do they decide to do it? And for what it's worth, Ohio State's recruiting class didn't fall off a cliff. They're third now. Yes, they lost the two best players in the class within 48 hours of each other, which they is bad. But, they, but one's they only did, in a ranking. They, did. they didn't lose. Right. They, it, right. That was going to be my next point. They didn't lose. Okay. They didn't technically Let's lose. Let's not say it that way. He, they didn't okay. lose him at all. They didn't he lose just him moved, at all. Right. He just moved to a different class on, a, on an online numbers. thing. It's just numbers. They're still third, and they're still very much in reach of getting that number one spot that everybody wants right now because they only have 14 commits and a lot of spots to fill. They're not going to get number one. They're not going to get number one without Quinn Ewers, but it's fine. But like, that's not, this is where I do draw the line. on like chasing recruiting classes. It's like, you've got, you know what I mean? Like they're not going to get a quarter. I don't know what, are they going to get a quarterback in 22 now, Steven? Do you think they'll get one? Probably not. But the the only reason I say that is Alabama's only three points ahead of them and they have their quarterback already. And Ohio state has a lot of five stars still left on the board. Yeah. 
they're not going to get, it, but that's okay. It's like, this is where I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't really you took much. out the best guy. You took out the best yeah. guy. So he's not going to count, but he counts. Cause the other thing about this is by the way, it's like Texas joined the sec. It, l- listen, if the Texas high school association was like, you know what? Take your million. And Quinn viewers got paid a million dollars in Texas this year. And everybody in Texas that was paying him a million dollars in NIL money was like, you know, you know what would really help you keep making NIL money from these companies here in Texas? Going to Texas. That would really help your brand because I don't know that we want to pay you up in Columbus. Why don't you stay in Texas? I'm not so sure I would have felt great about that from the Ryan Day perspective of like, you know what? Why don't you just enroll now? Like, I don't even want to crack that door. And I know Sarkeesian has the Southern California kid. I get it. Uh, you don't Southern think California kid because Quinn Ewers left. Exa- you don't think if Texas companies started shoving money in Quinn Ewers pocket and we're like, you know what we like? We like Texas football. You know where Texas football is going? The SEC. Quinn. You don't think that had a chance at something? Which is another it's like, OK, which again, circumstances change. And like now he's here. Now you got to go. With the possibility of a Quinn Ewers addition for this season, uh, I asked if when possibility was still a word you had to use. How do you feel about Ohio State's overall quarterback situation for both this year and the future? Again, five awesome, four very good, three good, one uh, two okay, one worried. Nathan, where do you think people vote? Um, I think people are maybe overly concerned about uh, outgoing transfers, so I might say three. Stephen, what do you think? Two. You think their answer is two, just okay? Again, I, I do think you guys, the way you texted about it, and then I texted about it also on Monday, Stephen used the word shambles to be like, well, the quarterback room might be in shambles. I literally think the last word of the text that you sent about <laughs> Quinn Ewers coming to Ohio State, the last word was it's shambles. shambles. <laughs> it's like, okay, there was a lot of good stuff before that, but the conclusion was shambles. And then Nathan, your text was like, this can happen and this can happen and this could happen. But what are the chances of that? And it's like, I don't know. They seem quite possible to me. So I came in with a text that was like, don't listen to anybody. He's going to play. I, I'm very, it's like, they just, got, they just got the best quarterback recruit they've ever had early. And you're guessing that people are going to be like, oh God, this is the worst thing ever, which honestly, I actually thought might be possible. That is yeah. not, that is not where people are. That is just not where people are. And I said that I thought there might be an irrational fear of the transfers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I said, too, because I'm thinking people instead of thinking about the starter, the, instead of even with the shambles thing, it's like everybody will focus instead of going, hey, look how awesome the starter is. Oh, my God. What's behind him? Nothing. Who cares? And again, but, but again, a reminder that our, our texters are smarter than smarter. we give them credit for. It. Yes. Five. Awesome. Fifty five percent. Four. Very good. 30%. So 85% of the people are like, this is cool. More good quarterbacks. Uh, good was 8%. One worried and two okay, both tied at 4%. So that's like 8% of the people who are a little bit like, but only 8%. So I, I was very curious about that. It's like, I have more I want to get to. I don't think we can get to it. What are we doing? What's today? Today, this pod as they're listening is Tuesday. 
What are we doing, Nathan? Who are we talking to Tuesday? We're talking to Corey Dennis and the quarterbacks like Tuesday afternoon. Is that correct? Yes. Three. Okay. And we're going to record after that. What are they going to say? Nathan, we're not going to get to the rest. The other two questions that I asked were with NIL and conference alignment and full swing. How do you feel about Ohio State's overall football program and everything that goes into that? Taking this year into the future into consideration. That's like big picture. Is the world passing Ohio State by? The world is changing. Oh, my God. College football, I don't even recognize it. Awesome still won that. 50% awesome, 40% very good. So with all this stuff changing, is the SEC going to take everything away? 90% of people are at a five or a four for the program. And then this year's team, and we'll do this more on a later pod. This year's team with camp about to start, how do you feel about Ohio State's team and chances of competing for a national title for just the 2021 season? We know the 5-4-3-2-1. Stephen, what do you think won for competing for a national title this year? Not winning, but like being in the mix, just like Ohio State always is. I think five. I mean, you can only go up. The ceiling can only go up. Nathan, what do you think? So did you ask the question directly in relation to the quarterback situation? No, it's just it's with camp about to start. How do you feel about Ohio State's team and the chances of competing for a national title for the 2021 season? I'd say four. So four did win. This was the only one where five was no, actually very good was James Singletary. So James Singletary recruiting, that was still four. Quinn Ewers in the quarterback room, that's five. Overall program is a five, but the team this year was only a four, which I was a little surprised by. 52% four, very good. 26% five, awesome. 16% three, good. Okay, two is 5% and worried is only 1%. We'll come back and wrap up with one more thing I want to ask about next on Buckeye Talk. All right, last text thing. Listen, this is t- you got to roll with us. You've got to roll with us. Like you've, if you're here, you're one of our people. We love you. Let's go get subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure you got bookmarked cleveland.com slash Buckeye Talk. You're with us. It's time to go. We're ready to roll. We've gone through the whole off season, the whole weird season of last year. Like it's go time. Let's go. We're ready. You're ready. Let's do it together. You are our people. If you're this deep into the pod, you're one of our people. Join all the way. Ask as a, ask for a gift. Try it if you've never tried it. Give it as a gift. If you've done the text and you like it, suggest it to a friend. Like, help us spread the word on this. And if you listen to us and you have Ohio State friends who don't listen to us, tell them to try us. Tell them to try us. We want to grow Buckeye Talk. We're big. We are big. We're big. We want to get bigger. There's a, we've, we're having meetings about it. We want to get bigger. There are people out there who don't know about us, which we're a little confused about what to do about those people. So again, we put a lot on you, man. We put a lot on you to listen to us because you're one of us. So like, we're asking like spread the word on Buckeye talk, Nathan, Quinn, Ewers coming just for 2021. Does it increase Ohio state's chances of winning a national title, decrease it or basically no effect. And that's taking into account. We don't know what's going to happen, but like the option of him being here, his presence, right? He's here. Do you, as you evaluate this season, are you, do you think they have a better chance or worse chance or it doesn't matter? So remember last week we were talking about trying to come up with that word for when you think something will happen, but you're not going to pick a specific incident of it happening. 
I kind of feel that applies here. I think even though I was the one arguing that I'm not sure he could actually win the starting job this year, I think it does increase their chances of winning a national championship to add a player of his talents to the room. What do you think, Stephen? I think it's the same right now, just because of the scenario of how he's getting here. I think it's the same. Because because the, the thing that the decrease would be the shadow jacks everything up, yeah. right? That he looms so large, it makes the guy who's playing ahead of him play worse, and yet he's not ready to play, right? Like that's the worst mm. case scenario here. That like again, starting quarterback X is like, are you freaking serious? This freaking guy showed up. Why is he here? It's not your turn yet. Why are you here? And then that guy goes out and like throws a couple picks or just is not ready. And maybe it's not even related to Quinn, but maybe that guy just isn't great. And then they're like, Oh, uh, Quinn, are you ready? And Quinn's like, I don't even know. I can't, where's the bathroom. I'm not ready. Are you kidding me? I'm supposed to be in high school. I just literally spit on my screen. I'm a cloud. I can't see myself. Perfectly hit the camera too. Maybe I'll keep that there. This, nah. the, the Quinn Ewers spittle, I'll keep it there for three years. That was weird. Is that also appropriate? Buckeye talk. So listen, like, right, Nathan, that's the worst case scenario of it. It freak, it makes the starting, and listen, we've seen it because the quarterbacks in 2015 got freaked out. Cardale won them in a, Cardale lit the playoff on fire. JT in 2015 was in his own head in camp. So the presence of Cardale, made JT get it in his own head in camp and not play well. So Cardale won the job. And then the minute that Cardale wasn't great, they yanked him and put JT in. And then Cardale was in his own head. And then the ramifications of two quarterbacks being in their own heads kept them from the playoff because their quarterback wasn't ready to play against Michigan state. We have seen what that looks like. We can't pretend that looming isn't a thing. Urban was like, oh, guy looking over his shoulder. If you're looking, it's like Urban, they're 20. Of course they're looking over their shoulder. And that was when those guys were established. JT had dragged that team through the regular season as a redshirt freshman with nothing but guile and toughness. That guy's not a great thrower. That guy tore it up all of 2014. And when it was go time, they went to the third string guy who nobody believed in. And he was like, I got this. And then because they had both of them and they were both looking over their shoulders, neither of them played their best in 2015. And guess what? It cost them a national title. So we've seen it. Okay. We can't pretend that nobody's going to be looking over their shoulder. Every you're out. of There's going to be so many shoulders. They're getting extra shoulder pads. There's been like 30 shoulders. And by the way, in a room led by a guy who is underqualified for the job. I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm saying his qualifications aren't the norm for a quarterback at a school of Ohio State's level. Okay, so I think, though, it probably increases. So that I just put the case out there for like, why the arrival of Quinn Ewers torpedoed Ohio State's 2021 season. That's what's just, I just spelled that out, but I'm not writing that. That's not what I actually think. To me, this is, Nathan, I'm doing baseball. This is like having a great arm in AAA. And it's like, listen, like if your rotation's good, if you've got a good closer, that great arm in AAA, you know he's coming to the majors next year. 
but you might not need him right now. But by the way, when you get to the postseason, you might be able to call him up and have him like strike out three guys in innings six, seven, and eight as you get to the closer. And by the way, if the closer has a rough week, if a guy in the if the rotation starts to get a little iffy, if that guy is throwing no hitters in Triple A, it's going to be like, what are we doing? We got to call him up. Like there are two different ways you can be like, what? This was not exactly what we planned to do, but we have to call this guy up. But I do think in general, it should not for a functioning program be a detriment to have a great arm waiting in AAA because it just feels like there are too many opportunities for we can call him up whenever we need him. Maybe he's not ready the first month, but after that, if we need him, he'll be there. And there's also the opening that he'll be so good. It doesn't matter if we need him or not. We just have to call him up. So I don't think, but I do think it's possible, guys. I think it's possible Man, I don't know. I'm just a little surprised that Awesome didn't win. Maybe it's more about the defense, right, Nathan? Maybe this vote is more about the defense than it is about the quarterback situation. Their yeah. offense is so talented. Because I didn't say win a national championship. I said compete for a national championship. My guess would be that the arrival of Quinn Ewers – no, I, I, I take that back. He wasn't officially here when they voted, but you thought he was coming. I think the idea of Quinn Ewers maybe coming pushed down the vote a little bit. I think fewer people voted awesome because of Quinn Ewers because they thought about it just got complicated and I'm not sure that's good. Well, don't forget a few days ago, I did a poll asking our texters, do you think Ohio state will lose a regular season game in 2021? And a quarter of them said yes. Yeah. So there, that's why I picked four, just because I think there already was a little bit of doubt baked into this fan base. Not that this team doesn't have the potential to be really good or great and be a playoff team and a national championship contender, but there are enough potential um, pitfalls, stumbling blocks out there for this team that when you add them all up, that gets you to maybe this team loses a game somewhere along the way. It's interesting. I just think they're going to be a lot better defensively. Like they were pretty not good defensively last year. I think the pass rush is going to be much better. The secondary can't be worse. And so I think they'll fix that stuff. And Kerry Combs will be better in year two than he was in year one. And so I just think the defense is going to be a lot better. A lot better. And like the offense is like unbelievable if the quarterback's good. That's like the offense is unbelievable. Is it not? The offense is, un- they have the best, two best receivers, two of the five best tackles, a great tight end, a bunch of five stars on the interior offensive line and a five-star running back who I think is ready to tear it up. Like I think the offense is awesome. And I think the defense will be better than a year ago. So I'm a, I'm a little bit curious about hesitation, but you're, but Nathan, as you said, it's been expressed. There is some minor hesitation. I'm not going to yell at people who think they're not going to go 12 and zero, Right. But I'm a little surprised by some of it because it feels like to me, like, Last year, they had Justin, but I think they had more sort of questions than other things, right? That you didn't know how good the tackles were going to be last year. It turns out they were awesome, right? Like you didn't exactly know the questions you had on the defense ended up being legit. But I think like, I think like Zach Harrison's going to be better. If Zach Harrison's your number one defensive end this year, he's going to be better than Jonathan Cooper was as your number one defensive end last year or whatever, right? I just think it'll get better. So the hesitation, I'm curious about it. We have a month to talk about it before the season starts. And I'm also curious how Quinn Ewers factors into the hesitation. We got to go. Steven, let, let's get your final take, Steven, on sort of that idea of, again, feelings about Ohio State for 2021. 52% very good, 26% awesome, 16% good, 5% okay, 1% worried about them competing for a national title. Your final take on that. 
I mean, that seems pretty spot on for where you should be right now. Obviously, as you said, that they, they probably voted before the Quinn Ewers official decision came out. But the point of the matter is, if you think everything on defense will be better and you think this offense is as awesome as it is outside of the quarterback right now, then and you have belief in what Ryan Day is as a quarterback developer, then this Ohio State team should be fine. I, I mean, I think all three of us have been on the record saying they might go 12-0 and 0 this year, and so that should be your expectation because you're still dealing with some highly high-caliber quarterbacks, even if there may be levels to how we want to rank them within their own pedigree of stuff. But, yeah, this very good and awesome is a good spot to be in right now. It means you believe in everything else, but maybe you're a little hesitant on the quarterback right now. I think it's possible that the year plays out that the starting quarterback is kind of like JT. And then rather than going to Cardale in the playoffs, you go to Quinn Ewers, like whatever, in the second half of the year, that the starting quarterback does a really good job and is a very, very, very good player through the first half of the season as Quinn figures out what's what. And then it's just like, now we go to the closer. We're going to him to get five outs because we're trying to win a national title. And we just think he's an over-the-top guy. And we we got him enough experience. And this Nathan, I, I mean, the offense is so good. I almost think that enhances the idea of you can live, I think, with a younger quarterback. I, I think the argument of like the experience matters. I think the more experienced the rest of your offense is, the more you can live with the inexperience of the quarterback. Because if you were like, well, he might get killed back there. We got we got to play the guys who have been here. But it's like it's like Fair Munford is not going to let anybody get to the quarterback. Fair Munford is not going to let anybody get to the quarterback. And Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Jeremy Ruckert are going to be open a lot, regardless of who's thrown to it. So I think it can be, I think it's kind of not easy is not the right word, but I think it's somewhat easy for the quarterback, whoever the quarterback is now that now I just invented a whole new podcast. The, the hard part of that, Nathan is because it's easy relatively, not for a podcast host, but for a good quarterback, because it's easy. That starting quarterback may look really good because he's surrounded by such talent. But Ryan Day might be the guy who has to know, you know what? I know that guy looks really good, but I know what Quinn is starting to get. And I know Quinn gets us over the top and I don't want to change quarterbacks at halftime of a playoff game. I'm going to do it for Indiana. I could see that happening, even though it might blindside us because we'd be like, what are you doing? And it's like, listen, man, no offense to the starting quarterback. Chris and Garrett and Thayer and NPF made a lot of guys look good. Wait till this guy gets in there. I think that's out there. I think that's plausible, but I also think it's at this point, I think equally plausible that they look at it and say Quinn Ewers and his talent are going to get there. But for this season, because of that machine that's built up around there, you just need the guy to execute it. You don't you're going to go with, you know, precision and 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 a little bit more veteran poise, although there's not much veteran there over talent. And then the question Ryan Day has to answer at some point is, does that beat Bama? If that's what it is, does that beat Bama? Now, listen, again, this is not – if C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in college football, then, again, it's off the table. I just don't know if that's where we think that's going to happen. All right, got to go. Wednesday pod will be about what we hear from the quarterbacks on Tuesday. But on Tuesday, Tuesday evening, make sure you go to cleveland.com slash Buckeye Talk. Read what we have. We'll have an instant react video about it as fast as we can. And then we'll come back Wednesday morning with all the deep analysis you've come to know and love on Buckeye Talk. For Nathan Baird and Steven Means, I'm Doug Maurice, And that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>